you need identity. And the Bible tells us, uh, particularly in uh, Philippians 3.20, that our citizenship is not in Korea or America. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's, it's a strange, it is a strange tension or this seeming dichotomy. But it's a blend. Paul is saying that you have died. You have died. Right? And now you've been raised with Christ. So now you must seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You know, there's this term that sports analysts say or commentators, after someone scores a touchdown or dunks the basketball, they say, act like you've been there before, young man. Right? Especially Herm Edwards, somebody like that. Like, act like you've been there before. Right? And what... Paul is saying is, you are there. Keep acting like it. You're there. You are in Christ. You are with God. Live like it. Because you are there. You don't have to climb the ladder. Why? Because Jesus came down for you. Came down for you. And that's where your identity is set. You need, to do, you need to know that. You need to live for this ultimate world because it is reality. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not mythological. It's not fictional. It's real. It's the realest. Ain't nothing realer. We all need to think about this present but futuristic alternative world, if I can use that term. What Paul says is that it reminds me of this movie I saw. It's been a while now. A movie called Click. Y'all watch that movie? You remember Click? All right, Adam Sandler. See, Click is this metaphysical second chance story. It's like, it's a comedy. It's like Scrooge or Wonderful Life. It's like a modern version. And in these movies like Scrooge and Wonderful Life, the laws of time and space are bent to give characters access to self-knowledge to transform their lives. The main character that will otherwise be locked and held hostage in this old self, in this bad self, in this crooked and depraved self, is now given information which is normally unknowable, and now completely available for him. You, you see what happens in the movie Click, right? He, he fast forward, he, see how, he sees how his life ends, the finality of his life, the despair, right? And then he sees that, and he receives information that which was previously unknowable to him, and now he goes back, right? He goes back in time. He goes back to present and he stops cheating on his wife with work. And he fully devotes his time to his children. He says, oh, no, no, no. We're not having that kind of ending to my life. But in the, the problem with the movie Click, as, as, as much as I enjoyed it, was the movie Click is also a false gospel. Because it's saying, oh, don't find your identity in work. Don't find your identity how many women you can pull. Don't, grab your, don't find your identity in... Uh, your usefulness, find your identity in your family. 
and everybody leaves the movie theater like, oh, that's a good movie. I need to go call my mom. I need to go call my dad. I need to go call my grandma. I need, right? But it's just it's, it's swapping one idol for another. And that's what Paul's talking about, why the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming, he says, in verse 6. And he talks about, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. This term, evil desire, in the original language, is this idea of an a epicenter, or central nervous system of your needs, of your impulses. You know, when you think of sin, you think, oh, I sin because I desire evil things, right? So I've got to stop desiring evil things. Stop desiring money. Stop desiring uh, naked women. Or stop desiring things that are wrong in God's eyes, right? But what Paul's actually saying Stop desiring a name in those good things of life. And the finest, the most blessed, the, the best things the world has to offer. Consider this, my friends. What do you lie about the most? You know, what, what, what do I lie for? We all lie. I lie all the time. If it's 99% true, it's, it's 100% lie, right? I lie all the time. What will I lie to protect? And it's my name. See, I lie and we lie about our weight. We lie about our age. We lie about how much money we make. We lie about how much we can lift on the weights. And when I get pulled over by the 5-0, I lie about how fast I was driving. Because <laughs> I want to protect my, my driving record, right? What do I lie for? See, these things are what's driving you. What's driving you to the top? What's driving you to get up and go to work? Or what's driving you crazy? What's driving you insane? Is there something in your life that if you would lose it, if you lost it, you wouldn't want to live anymore? I, I just recently came back from a funeral of a friend, an old and dear friend who committed suicide. I don't know what he lost. I have no idea. Whatever he lost... He lost it. He lost it. And he didn't want to live anymore. And we all have that. We are, we are capable of committing suicide. We are, all, we are all capable of doing some radically evil things to protect our name, to cover our shame, to make sure that secrets go to the grave. And Paul is telling us that the idols of the heart cannot merely be removed. You can't just, like, remove these idols, right? Just uproot them. 
they must be replaced. The things you love instead of God cannot just be destroyed or run over by the will. These things can only be driven away by a deeper desire. They can only be driven away by a deeper desire. There's a guy named Thomas Chalmers. He's, a fa- he's an old and famous Scottish pastor. And this is what he says about idolatry and evil desire or over-desire of good things, I should say. He says, There is not one personal transformation in which the heart is left without an object of ultimate beauty and joy. The heart's desire for one particular object can be conquered. But its desire to have some object is unconquerable. The only way to dispossess the heart of an old affection is by the explosive power of a new one. What, what Pastor Chalmers is saying is that the reason we sin is because we take good things and we make them into ultimate things. Tim Keller says it well. We take good things and turn it into God, into God things. We, we believe it's more beautiful than God. It's more lovely than God. And what Pastor Chalmers is saying is that our heart demands an object of beauty. That is why we are constantly worshiping. We were made to worship. That's why we're on the internet. Because we're looking for something that will captivate our hearts and bring wonder and stir our soul. Let's try to wrap things up today. Paul tells us to put on this new identity, which is paid for. It is free. It is done by Christ. And what is this new identity? He tells us that since you've been raised, in verse 1, it is not a metaphor. Since you've been raised with Christ, act like you are there, as I aforementioned. See, the essence of being a Christian, the essence of being a new person, born again, the essence of being a follower of Christ, is not being like Christ. It is being in Christ. It's being in Christ. God doesn't love us to the degree we are obeying the rules and living like Jesus, but to the degree that we are in Christ, which is 100%. The book of Colossians, to sum it up in three words, is Jesus is enough. The sufficiency of Christ. Put on compassion. Put on humility. Put on kindness. Put on Christ. It is already yours. Everything that is true about Jesus, check this out. I know this is very hard to believe, and I still feel like that little kid, like one of Elder Matt's children tugging on his leg, like, really? This is true? But it's true. This is true. The greatest truth that ever was and ever will be. The essence of being Christian is that Everything that is true about Jesus is also true about me. See, sometimes we think that being a Christian, identifying, having an ID called Christian, is that, oh, the debt's been paid. I'm not in debt with God. I don't owe God. So I was in financial debt. I owed him millions and billions of dollars, and he's wiped the slate clean, right? And my balance is zero again. No, 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 no. It is far more than that. 
God not only looks at you as if you have never, ever, ever sinned, but he looks at you as if you have always, always, always obeyed. Always obeyed. And with all my heart, I wish my earthly father could see me that way, right? And I know you do too. But we have a heavenly father who sees us this way. Everything that is true about Christ is also true of me. God treats me as if I went to the cross. Did I die with Christ? Because I did. That I was tormented, mocked, beaten, kicked, slapped, beaten by a staff, an instrument of comfort, brought discomfort and agony to my Lord. And then finally, he was literally pierced, humiliated, and died in the dark in his underwear. And he breathed his last breath to the glory of God and the salvation of men. Oh, what makes me beautiful to God is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. It is not my performance. It is not my acts. Those things are great because God receives them by faith. Because when the text tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, this is a metaphor, by the way, seated at the right hand of God, it is the highest place of honor. It is the highest place of honor. It is like sending a son off to war or sending your child off to war. You love this child to the fullest extent before they went, but when they return, oh, oh, the the delight, your heart could explode. And this is the delight the Father had in Christ when he said, Father, you gave me an assignment and I accomplished it. I accomplished it. Jesus didn't just attempt to save you. He accomplished your salvation. And Jesus at the right hand of God and everything that is true about Christ is true about me, myself, and my life. As we close, finally, how do we put it on? As I close and as we go, you, you, I can't leave you here. How do we put this on every day? How do we put on and take off the things that corrupt and spoil our relationship with God? We must stop thinking this way. You know, the most important conversation you can have is not really with your wife or your husband or your children. The most important conversation you can have is with yourself. What do you, what do you say to yourself? Right? What, how do you, what kind of words are you telling yourself? If you're praying like this, you might be in a bad place. If you pray like, God, I'm trying my best. I'm living the best life I can for you. Please help me out. And I would try even harder if you do. Then you don't get it. You don't understand the gospel and you don't believe your life is hidden in Christ. Christianity is not like catching a beat on a dance floor or getting swept up by an ocean wave. You must mentally take hold of it. And that's why Paul says not only place your heart, but set your mind. Set your mind on things above. 
Don't, think, don't take your thinking caps off. Put your mind there. Set your mind. Remember, if anything is up to you, Jesus didn't accomplish it. This is who I am. Set your mind on things that are above. Means to think on the things that make Christ your life. He is your life. He is your life. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. The Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. The Christian does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. When you go to work, when you're taking care of your children, and especially when you're at church, the only way that you can really set your mind and believe that God is your life is you must worship and repent. What is worship? It is seeing God life, seeing life God's way. This past Friday, I'm burning up. I'm, I work at a chicken shack, right? I, the AC, there's no AC. If it's like 110 degrees in there. I'm sweating. And all I could tell myself, as I was getting annoyed and as I didn't want to be there, is my life is hidden in Christ. I am not an employee. I am not here to get paid. I am here because of Christ. And I kept turning to him and turning away from all other identities, all other false things. In my culture, it's wrong to be single at my age. And whenever someone says, how come you're not married yet? What's wrong with you? I remember, that is not my identity. There is no condemnation in Christ. And I turn to him and I say, Jesus, you are my life. The real solution is worship. Repent from living for this world and turn and worship Christ in that secret place. In that secret place in your heart, turn to him, bless him, and put your hope in him.